We now present The Adventures of Marco Polo. Kublai Khan gave Marco Polo his choice between fighting a duel and being summarily executed. Marco Polo chose to fight the duel, and he took lessons in two-handed sword fighting from his friend Toktai. Meanwhile, the Khan had given his consent to the marriage between King Pentan and Kin Sai, who pleaded for Marco Polo. The day after the Khan's arrival in Zaitun, all arrangements were made for the duel. Thousands of people gathered on the lawns before King Pentan's palace. Then Marco Polo brought Benedetta Corsini forward and presented her to the Khan. The two duelists raised their swords in salute of Kublai Khan. There was a clash of steel. Then Chris Ra lunged at Marco Polo with his mighty two-edged sword. Marco Polo leapt nimbly aside and raised his sword to defend himself. Niccolo and Matteo Polo anxiously watched the duel. Hey! I thought Marco was going to be killed then, Matteo. Oh. Marco was very nimble on his feet. Ooh. Look! Their swords have met again. Krishra jumps to one side. Careful, Marco! Ah, again, Marco eluded that thrust. Marco seems to be able to defend himself, but I'm afraid that he will soon tire. His opponent steps towards him now. Oh, I do not know how they managed to wield those heavy swords. Marco is very strong. Careful, Marco! Oh. Oh. Marco! Marco, are you hurt? The edge of his sword just caught my arm. Are you are bleeding. Let the duel cease. Cease now, Marco! Ah, no, this is but a scratch. I am not defeated. Now I shall attack. Ah, Marco oh. could have withdrawn from the duel then. My son is no coward. See, he attacks now. Rishra defends himself ably. He's stepping back. But Marco follows him. Press your advantage, Marco. Ah, now Marco will step back. Why did he not follow the man? Mayhap there was some trick to be tried by Krishra. Marco's been well schooled by Toktai. See, Krishra attacks again. Oh, Marco will be slain this time. Krishra presses him fiercely. Marco, defend yourself. Now they both attack. See how their swords barely miss each other. Now Marco falls back. He seems to be tiring. Krishra presses him. Oh, this is the end. Marco is lowering his sword. Now, Marco Polo, I have you at my mercy. Not so. Oh, a miracle. Marco has disarmed Krishra. You are at my mercy, Krishra. To your knees and beg for your life, you dog. You are the only man who has ever disarmed me. Who taught you that trick? It matters not who taught me the trick. You thought that I was defeated, but you were wrong. Now, do you ask for mercy? I do not ask for mercy. Then pick up your sword and fight on. You bid me to pick up my sword? You would give me another chance of life? Will you take the chance? I will not. You're a brave and clever man, Marco Polo. You defeated me fairly. You could have taken my life, but you could not play that trick upon me twice. I am content. Let the Khan judge whether the duel is to continue. The duel will not continue. I am astonished that Marco Polo has displayed so much proficiency. He is bleeding freely from that wound in the arm. Let the physicians attend to him. Marco, my son, you triumph. A moment, father. I wish to kneel before Kublai Khan. I ask pardon for any offense which I have committed. Will you grant pardon to my son, Kublai Khan? The pardon is rightly granted. With my own hands, I raise Marco Polo to his feet. Uh, you are my friend, Marco Polo. I did not intend that you should die. I gave Krishna instructions that you were to be spared. 
But my instructions were not needed. Mirko, the great Khan is merciful. I am grateful, mighty Khan. We have been here many years in your service. You have shown us the wonders of your land. Now we feel it is time for us to depart to our own land. Give us leave to go, I beg of you. Place a ship at our disposal. I will do that, Marco Polo. I will give you many rich gifts. You shall not leave here, poor men. You shall leave with jewels and treasure. Almighty Khan, we thank you. Mighty Khan, we are grateful. And we ask permission that ships from Venice be allowed to call at the port of Zaitun, bringing goods here in exchange for the goods of your dominion. That wish is granted. I have a greater treasure which I wish to take with me, mighty Khan. Come, Benedetta. We are yet to know happiness. Oh, Marco, I feared for you. Oh, but your arm, it is bleeding. Let me bind it for you. A mere scratch. The physicians will attend to it in a moment. Look, you great and mighty Kublai Khan. This is the woman of my heart. So, uh, this is to be your fifth wife, eh? Have I not confessed to you that the other four wives were but a figment of my imagination? Oh, Marco Polo, you are a rogue. <laughs> but you are my friend, and I will give you permission to wed this woman, but I must be present at the wedding. Then I beg that the wedding be celebrated by a Christian priest, mighty Khan. Uh, there are Christian priests of my own race, and one will be summoned to the palace. Uh, where is King Pentan? By your side, mighty Khan. Uh, when will you wed uh, Kinsai? I hope to wed her tomorrow. Ah, it is well. There will be a double wedding tomorrow. The wedding of Pentan and Kinsai, and the wedding of Marco Polo and Benedetta Corsini. The great Khan will be present at the ceremonies, and both couples shall have my blessing. Then will I order that a great ship be laden with riches and jewels, so that my friends, the Venetians, may return to Venice to tell of the wonders which they have beheld. Oh, mighty Khan, I thank you for your kindness. Marco Polo is the man I love. I've known much suffering and misery. But now I'm to know happiness. Do you hate me, Benedetta Corsini? I do not hate you, Pentan. I wish you well, and I hope you find happiness with your bride. I shall find happiness with Kinsai. Enough. Now the duel is over, and Marco Polo's arm needs attention. Let preparations be made for the weddings. Show me what your people of Zaitun can do in the way of pageantry, Pentan. Tomorrow there shall be no work in Zaitun. The fountain shall run rich, rare wine instead of water. The populace shall have gifts, and they shall bless the name of Kublai Khan. It is well. Now let us return to the palace. This afternoon, when it is cooler, the great Khan will show himself to the populace so that they may cheer his name. Then I must speak with Niccolo Polo regarding future trade between Venice and the Empire of China. Arrangements were hastily made to celebrate the two weddings. The palace became a hive of activity. Frenzied servants rushed hither and thither, decorating the place, preparing for the great Khan. Late that afternoon, the Khan journeyed through the streets of Zaitun with a bodyguard of picked soldiers. The Khan distributed money and presents among the populace, tossing sheaves of paper money to the crowds, who counted themselves fortunate that only six people were killed in the scramble for the money. Marco Polo sent in haste for a Christian priest, knowing that there was a sect of Chinese people who followed the teachings of Christianity. That night, Niccolo Polo dined with the Khan, and plans were made for future trade between Venice and China. At last, the wedding day dawned, and Marco Polo arrayed himself 
in a suit of scarlet satin which had been presented to him by the Khan. Then he went to show himself to his father and his uncle. What good heavens, Marco? You look like a, a clown. I do not look like a clown. And it is the Khan's desire that I should wear this scarlet suit. Uh, what think you of it, father? Ooh, a fine suit, my son. You wear it well. <laughs> Mayhap my brother Mafio does not know that he and I have to wear special clothes which have been supplied by the Khan. Look, Mafio, this suit has been sent for you to wear. What? That suit? But, but Niccolo, I, I could not be seen in that. It, it's striped <laughs> yellow and green. It is made of the finest satin. <laughs> I know who will look like a clown. What are you supposed to wear, Father? Oh, this striped suit of purple and red satin. No doubt we will look rather comical, but we must obey Kubla Khan's orders. I wonder what Benedetta will be supposed to wear. Perhaps she will be arrayed as an Eastern bride. Oh, has the Christian priest been to see you yet, Marco? No, not yet. But Benno is scouring the town to find the man. I wonder how Christianity first came to China. You know, the Pope will be pleased to hear that some of these people follow the Christian teaching. Yes, the Pope will indeed be pleased to hear that. I only wish we had managed to convert Kubla Khan. Someone enters. Well, it is uh, someone you know too, Marco. Why, Zidlana? Marco Polo, I told you that I would come to Zaitun for your wedding. But you did not arrive with the Khan's party. no. I had to remain in Pekin on the Khan's behalf to receive a messenger from the Khan of Persia. But I followed here with my own escort of soldiers and arrived a little while ago. Toktai has told me that all has turned out well. I am glad that you have come, Zilana. I owe you so much. I am anxious to set eyes on Benedetto Corsini, the one woman who has been able to steal the heart of Marco Polo. You shall set eyes on her. She shall be conducted to your presence now. My uncle Maffio, uh, would you be kind enough to go to the quarters which have been allotted to Benedetta and ask her to come here to meet one of my best friends? Uh, she should not come here now, Marco. This is a wedding day and she will be dressing. Oh, nonsense. The wedding is not to take place until afternoon. I desire to set eyes on Benedetta and I wish her to meet Zelana. Oh, what think you, Niccolo? Well, I see no harm in asking Benedetta to come here. Oh, so be it. I'm ordered about like a sir. <laughs> you see, Zelana, my Uncle Maffio's temper has not improved. <laughs> but he is very fond of you all the same, Marco. But tell me, tell me all that has happened since you have been here. I have heard a little from Toktai. I believe you are a great swordsman. <laughs> a great swordsman? Oh, say rather, a fortunate swordsman. But tell me of yourself, Zilana. Are you still happy? Wonderfully happy. Although you took my husband away from me, Marco, we have been parted on your account for a long time. Well, I will not trouble you again, Zilana. In a few days' time, I am to return to my own country. And you will never come back? Mayhap someday I will return... Who knows? I will be coming back on a trading vessel, and perhaps Marco and his wife will accompany me. Marco! Marco! Why, my Uncle Mafio, what ails you? Marco, the palace is in a turmoil. Why, what has happened? Benedetta Corsini has disappeared. Now present The Adventures of Marco Polo. <laughs> <laughs>
Marco Polo successfully disarmed Chris Ra when they were fighting a duel before Kublai Khan. The Khan then declared the duel at an end, and he consented to allow Marco Polo to marry Benedetta Corsini. Niccolo Polo then begged that the Venetians be allowed to return to their own country, and the Khan graciously gave his consent. But he said first that Marco Polo should be married to Benedetta Corsini on the same day that Pentan was to wed Kinsai. On the day of the wedding, Princess Zelana arrived at Zeitun, and she expressed a desire to make the acquaintance of Benedetta Corsini. Marco sent his uncle Maffio for Benedetta. A few minutes later, Maffio returned in a state of great excitement. He said that Benedetta Corsini had disappeared from the palace. My uncle, Maffio, what are you saying? How could Benedetta disappear? Maffio, had you taken leave of your senses? She is gone, I tell you. The servants are searching the palace for her. There is some trickery here. I will pull this palace down stone by stone until I find her. But she is not in the palace. Call the guard. Call King Pentan. Benedetta must be found. Oh, Marco, calm yourself. No doubt there is some explanation for this. King Pentan knows that Benedetta has disappeared. He ordered that a search be made for her. See, the king comes now. Oh, greetings, your majesty. Greetings, Niccolo Polo. Where is Benedetta Corsini? What is that to you? She means nothing to you now. Marco Polo, I am your friend. I am but seeking to aid you. I will tell you what happened. This morning, Benedetta arose early and walked upon the battlements of the palace. She bade her servants wait, seeing she would return shortly. The servants waited for over two hours, but the lady did not return. None of the guards saw her leave the palace, and she is nowhere to be found. Well, where can she be? I know not. As soon as the servants informed me what had happened, I ordered that a search be made. Did the servants say whether Benedetta seemed unhappy this morning? Oh, who are you? I am Zelana, the wife of Toktai, the governor of Pekin. Ah, greetings to you, Princess Zelana. The servants said that Benedetta Corsini seemed happier than she'd ever been before. Perhaps Krishra, the messenger, has slain her to be revenged on me. Not so. Krishra, the messenger, is an honest man. He admires you, Marco Polo. He would not seek to be revenged on you. My father, what can we do? Courage, Marco. I feel sure that Benedetta will be found. Well, you heard what King Pentan said. Benedetta is not in the palace. Have all the servants and soldiers been questioned, Your Majesty? They have. I can only think that Benedetta did not love Marco Polo truly, that she was not anxious to marry him, and that in some way she has contrived to escape from the palace. You are wrong. I tell you, Benedetta did love me. Can you be sure of that, Marco Polo? As sure as I stand here, Princess. As sure as I am of your friendship. You shall always have my friendship. And I will do all in my power to find your bride for you. Tell me, King Penton, does Kublai Khan know of Benedetta's disappearance? We have not told the great Khan yet. Then we shall go and tell him now. Kublai Khan is a man of much wisdom. He will order his soldiers to scour the city until Benedetta Corsini is found. Will I have to postpone my own wedding because Marco Polo's bride has run away from him? My bride has not run away. She has been abducted. Well, let us go before Kublai Khan and tell him of the news. Kublai Khan cannot help us. I'm going to search the city myself. Some mishap has fallen, Benedetta. She would not run away from me. Courage, Marco, courage. First, let us speak with Kublai Khan. That would be wise, Marco Polo. He will place all his forces at your disposal. Come with me. So be it, Zilana. I thought that my troubles here were over when my wedding day had dawned. But one cannot count on anything in this world. My heart is heavy for you, Marco Polo. But come, we will ask the advice of the Emperor of China.
King Pentan led the way to the luxurious apartment occupied by Kublai Khan in his city. Armed sentries stood in the doorway, and they did not dare to bar the way when King Pentan tried to enter the apartment. The king flung open the doors while the sentries stood to attention. Then he led the way into the spacious and luxuriously furnished room, which had been set aside for the Khan. Marco Polo, his father, his uncle, and Princess Ilana followed King Pentan into the room. So you see, mighty Khan, the Christian religion is a religion of love, hope, and peace. I've told you the story of Christianity and the great sacrifices that have been made in the name of that religion. You have spoken well, Benedetta, and you have interested me. But see, we have visitors. Benedetta! Marco, why do you look so worried? Are you angry with me? No, I, I am not angry with you, but how did you get here? Why, what ails you, Marco Polo? We did not know Benedetta was here, most high and noble Khan. I was walking around the battlements this morning when I met Benedetta Corsini. Uh, we spoke together and I asked her why she insisted upon a Christian marriage. Then she started to tell me something of the Christian religion. So I brought her back here with me and she has been explaining Christianity to me ever since and I find it most enlightening. Then you have decided to become a convert, mighty Khan? I have not decided, but I feel more sympathetic towards Christians now. Uh, when you leave this land, uh, go to the Pope, the leader of your church, and uh, tell him that the great Kublai Khan is interested in Christianity, and if he cares to send his priests over here, they may preach the Christian religion to my people, although there are few Christians here now. Uh, perhaps many others of my followers would like to embrace that faith. May heaven be praised. You have performed a good deed today, Benedetta Corsini. The Pope will be overjoyed that his missionaries are to be allowed to enter the Chinese Empire. It is well. I sympathize with the ideals of Christianity. <laughs> oh, something is amusing, King Pentan. <laughs> I, I am not laughing at Christianity, most noble Khan. I laugh to think the whole palace was in a turmoil searching for Benedetta Corsini. The palace was in a turmoil? Yes. And Marco Polo threatened to pull it down stone by stone unless he could find Benedetta. We did not dream that she was here with you. Oh, I am sorry that there was any worry caused. Oh, Marco, you must love me very truly. I love you more than life itself, Benedetta. Come now. I want you to meet one of my best and dearest friends, the Princess Zelana. I bow before the Princess Zelana. Oh, do not bow before me, Benedetta Cosini. You are more of a princess than I am. You rule the heart of Marco Polo. I once thought that I could rule that wild and turbulent heart, but I was wrong. Oh, Zilana, you are a minx. I did not know that you were coming to Zaitun. When did you arrive? I arrived today, most noble Khan. Did you not say I could be present at the wedding of Marco Polo? Well, how did you know Marco Polo was to be married? That was not decided. Ah, I know Marco Polo. If he sets his heart on a thing, he usually attains his heart's desire. I am beginning to believe that you are right, Zilana. Now the hour progresses. It is time for us all to dress ourselves in fine raiment. I trust your promised bride is well, Pentan? She is well, Almighty Khan. Good. Leave me now. My servants come to attire me in my finest robes. I hope that at the wedding all will wear the robes which I have supplied for them. Oh, we will, Mighty Khan. It is well. I have made arrangements for one of my finest ships to take you back to your own land, Niccolo Polo. But the ship will have to be returned to me. It will be manned by galley slaves which I have chosen myself, tried and trusted men. The ship will be returned, and it will bear missionaries from the Pope of Rome. 
Missionaries who will spread the gospel amongst your people. Ah, that will please me. Now go, let my servants attire me. We shall meet at the wedding ceremony. In a few hours' time, the double marriage of Marco Polo to Benedetta Corsini and King Pentan to Kinsai took place. The marriage of the king was conducted according to Eastern rites, while the marriage of Marco Polo was celebrated by a Chinese Christian priest. The palace was decorated with unbelievable magnificence. The walls were hung with precious velvets and silks. Fountains gushed forth rich red wines. Paper money was distributed amongst the populace while all the wedding guests received a precious ruby as a personal present from the great Kublai Khan. After the ceremony, the great Khan approached both brides, and round the neck of each he placed a rope of priceless pearls. Then a mighty banquet was held, and the guests celebrated far into the night. Several days later, a great ship was ready to take the polos on their journey to Venice. The precious cargo was placed aboard the ship, and the great Khan presented all the Venetians with priceless jewels, and he honoured them by coming with his retinue to bid them farewell prior to the departure of the ship. Marco Polo stood on the deck with his father and his uncle. By Marco's side stood his bride, Benedetta. They waited for the great Khan to come aboard the vessel. Are you happy, Benedetta? Oh, divinely happy, Marco. We're going home. Yes, home to Venice. Beautiful Venice. No doubt our friends and relatives have long since given us up for dead. They will be surprised when we return. We return with many riches. Yes, with many riches, my brother Maffio. But Marco has won the most precious of all. But besides the riches which Sakan has given us, we have won a great victory for the civilization of the West. We have forged a link between the West and the East. A link which is never to be broken. Our ships will come here to trade. Many others will follow them. And a greater understanding will arise between the two races. Oh, but see, a Kublai Khan comes aboard now. Let us bow low before him. <laughs> Mark how the crowd call his name. He is a great and popular ruler. My friends, my friends, you may rise. I come now to bid you farewell. Kublai Khan is richer for having known these brave men from the West. It was a happy day for me when I spared your lives. And a happy day for us when we win your friendship, O oh great and mighty Kublai Khan. You have seen my treasures. You have seen my empire. You know the wonders of the East. Go tell them to your people. Take with you the goodwill of Kublai Khan. We take that goodwill and we thank you, mighty emperor. Come, Marco Polo, stand before me. You are to know great happiness. I doubt whether you will ever return here, but always remember that you had to come to the East to find your manhood and your happiness. I will not forget that, mighty Khan. And I swear to tell the people of our race of the wonders of the East. I shall devote the rest of my life to writing of these wonders. And in the centuries to come, men will talk of the travels of Marco Polo. They will follow the trail that we of the Polo family have blazed. And we shall feel that our effort has not been wasted. Farewell, almighty Kublai Khan. Marco Polo salutes you. Oh.